0: To Siemens Belonging Transform podcast series. My name is Natalia Oropesa. I am responsible for cyber security and for diversity, equity, and inclusion at Siemens. And I am your host today. Today's podcast episode is coming to you from Munich, where we are going to be discussing how the built environment can contribute to a more equal, inclusive, and cohesive society. We all know that the quality of buildings and spaces has a strong influence on the quality of people's life. Decisions about the design, planning, and management of the spaces where we live and work can increase or reduce feelings of security, mobility, and improve or damage health. At their best, they can create communities and foster a greater sense of belonging. Our special guest on this topic is Dr. Slutner, CEO of Siemens Real Estate. And let me tell you something more about him. After studying Geographics at the University of Munich and earning his doctorate in Rio de Janeiro, Mr. Scholtz held various management positions within Siemens AG before being appointed CEO of Siemens Real Estate in 2006. As part of his involvement in various national and international corporate real estate networks and interest groups, Mr. Scholt promotes the development of new industry standards and actively supports the structural change in the real estate industry. He is currently focusing on topics of digitalization, new working environments, sustainability, and ESG management. In 2013, he won the Immobilian Manager Award, the Oscar of the Real Estate Industry in the category management for Siemens Real Estate. So with that, then let me welcome you, Schult. Thanks for being together with me, with us. You have quite a long time with the company. And before we focus on the topic of belonging transformed, could you shortly explain our listeners what the business of Siemens Real Estate is about?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much uh, Natalia for inviting me and uh, thank you very much also for this nice introduction. Siemens Real Estate is responsible for real estate. I mean, this is obviously pretty clear uh, through the name for the entire um, footprint of our company for all asset classes like factories or um, logistics or be it uh, the office environment. We are responsible for a high value of assets, so to speak, for more than 4.5 billion of assets under our management, which is a huge responsibility, you can imagine. Absolutely. And uh, we are responsible for the entire life cycle, which means um, purchase of land, construction, operations, and uh and um, in some cases also for the disposals of properties so the entire scope what you can imagine so far real estate is concerned uh, this is this is our responsibility and um, there are several tasks uh, at the moment being very hot for example new normal driving the, the workplace transformation as an example Um, decarbonization. We are working on the decarbonization path of our company because you should know that uh, our buildings are responsible for 40% of our carbon footprint in Siemens. So this is a lot and here we are in close interaction with the businesses in order to come to this decarbonization path. Digitalization ESG And our topic of today is uh, also part of the ESG topic. Uh, This gets more and more important, as you know. Um, The S stands for social. And uh, the assets in future, from the investor perspective or rating perspective, they are going to be rated also in this regard. So this is all driving us. And I always say I have the most interesting job in our company.
0: Absolutely. And and you know... I know you are also very busy working with cybersecurity because, of course, digitalization is impacting exactly. you and you need to protect your buildings. And thank you for that. From my other responsibility for perspective, your your team is doing a wonderful job. So I take this opportunity. To say thank thank you, you very much. Thank, thank you, you very to much your and
1: team. Uh, I will convey the message.
0: Thank you very much. And then now let's go to... Diversity, equity, and mm-hmm. inclusion. Yeah. Now, for, from your leader perspective, why is it important for you?
1: Yeah, uh, let me start first uh, with my personal uh, surroundings, so to speak. I grew up in a refugee environment. My parents are from uh, from Hungary. Till today, I have a lot uh, a lot of relationships with Hungarian people, with my relatives there. So this uh, this gives you and educates you in a certain way. Then I had the chance to live several years in Brazil, working in the area of geology. Completely different tasks and jobs compared to what I do today. So I have two lives, so to speak, being a geologist in the early years. And there I met my wife. We are married for more than 30 years. And I can tell you, There, I can learn, and I've learned it, and I learned it till today that no one stands behind. Inclusion is a big topic. My wife has more than 250 cousins. (laughs) That's good. And uh, when we meet, I mean, you can imagine how these reunions are and how diverse. Uh, this membership is you can find all kind of orientation you can find all kind of colors you can find all kind of, of influences beat Indian beat Portuguese beat it Italian uh, many of them there are immigrants from Italy for example so it's a it's a huge mixture and um, I do hope that this gives you to a certain extent uh, a good way to understand also diversity and inclusion, how this works and what is important about it. And um, yeah, it's I would call it, it's a living lab in order to get better, <laughs> better and better and better in this regard.
0: I like that, a living lab. And I think your your background is showing that you have a diverse perspective and that you understand that by being diverse and by making sure you include these different points of view you can only win whether this is in the yeah. private life or in the business life so you, very very interesting right. do you want to say more about your interest as a leader in, in this topic or uh, should we move on
1: yeah uh, this is I mean it's it's a it's a huge topic and if I um, try to explain what we are doing currently doing in this regard uh, with the topic of barrier-free buildings and surroundings mm-hmm and uh, what the efforts are in this regard, then uh, let me explain it in this way. Um, What is it? What is it about? Make it concrete, so to speak. Of course, it is about uh, wheelchair accessibility or step or threshold-free external and internal circulations and movement areas. This comes first, and then we talk about tactile passes, tactile pass systems for easy orientation. We're talking about tactile doors, um, handrails and stairs, or generous lighting and visually contrasting designs. Uh, Barrier-free sanitary facilities is very important. I mean, you can imagine that this is not everywhere still today, not the case, Um, so we are taking care of that. Uh, Then parking, I mean, you need if if you have a wheelchair. Uh, you have to uh, put in into the car. Then you need a certain extension, a special width um, of the area. This is something we are taking care on. Fire protection concepts as well. I mean, um, for you and me, it's easy when it comes to a, to such a um, situation um, that you have to urgently have to leave the, the premises. So we have to take into account the requirements of these people as well. Then um, what else? Um, Communication systems, how to communicate with these people, um, uh, equipment elements in this regard. So we do it, I can say, um, with full conviction, um, barrier-free means uh, our buildings are safe, it's a better environment for everyone, it's a more pleasant environment for everyone, and therefore it is beautiful so to speak, for all users.
0: I know, and let me, let me talk about two points. Number yeah. one is, every time I have my trainings, my, you, you know the trainings that we get mm. for the emergency situations, I know we have registered the persons with disabilities so that we, can, mm. that we know exactly where are they located yeah. and what we need to do. They are mostly on the first floor so that they can leave the building in mm. time. So I find that very, very, very good. And the other thing I want to mention and actually ask you whether you have as well sensibility for the people that are trans. I have spoken with uh, Mm. some of our colleagues and I know that especially the situation of the...
1: Washroom the, the washroom mm. situation
0: is a situation mm. and I want to, I know that you are sensible of that and that uh, yeah. you will be working on that one.
1: That's correct. As we are, we are very sensitive in this regard as well. We know that there is a discussion and that there is a demand for these people because they don't want to... They don't like to go to a male or female washroom, so they need a dedicated situation, and this is something we, we will be establishing in future.
0: Thank you for that. This Thank is part you of the catalog. Thank you. I am very happy to hear that that we are sensitive to this situation and can do their lives easier. So, now, tell me about the examples that, that you have in SRA. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat>
1: I mean, we talked about the what is a barrier-free building, but on top of that, I mean, there is a lot of other topics uh, you could consider also in this regard, with regard to this, this topic, diversity, equity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. First of all, I mean, it is our Siemens office concept we are driving more, this concept more than 10 years. Um, why is it uh, in this regard as well uh, mentionable? Because what we are aiming for is a self-defined and level um, and levelless, non-assigned workplace surrounding um, with no barriers and, um, and where people can decide um, um, how to sit, with whom to sit, For example, remote work plays a huge role. And for that kind of offering, you need to develop and you have to offer the right approach. And Siemens is doing this for years now. It is different uh, in the respective countries, depends on culture as well, depends also on the social circumstances people live in. If you are having only a a two-room flat or so and living there with with the entire family, then you you might love the office environment. (laughs) Uh, but, if it is the opposite and you have a nice garden, then you like also the remote work situation. so we have to make this uh, possible for everyone and uh, people decide and our employees can decide based on a, on a trust based approach uh, what how they would like to work and where they would like to work and I mean this is a very nice example uh, of being diverse and and also for the equity uh, topic. Then another example. I will
0: choose for home office with the service of the canteen. Everything. Okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I have heard this for several times. Why can't we deliver? <laughs> yeah. um, it requires logistic. I am not so sure. Um, people live very widespread. I mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I am just. I am just kidding, of course. John, but yeah, uh, but I have, will be very, that will be my perfect world.
1: You are not the first one asking for that kind of service. I have to say. Um, maybe we have to deal with that as well. Daycare centers for children is also a very important yeah, issue in, in context, in this context of a work-life balanced based uh, working environment. And uh, we invested a lot, I would say up to 100 million in the last year in, in, in childcare centers.
0: Thank you for that.
1: So this is a, a success story, I have to say. Um,
0: also internationally? Or yes, just? as
1: well. We have it also Thank in several you. countries. I have US examples, I have examples in, in Austria, in other countries, in Germany as well, and of course. And I can tell you, 15 years ago, we sold all that. And then we had to build it up, because at that time, 15, why? 20 years ago, I mean, yeah, it was not a core business, and therefore, why should we have that? Today, discussions are completely different, and it, it is an integral part of the life balance offerings, what the company does. So mother-child rooms, very important. There are a lot of locations where we do have mother-child rooms. I don't know if, if, if people know that. Yeah. Thank um, you for
0: mentioning that. I think that's <laughs> very important that your listeners know yeah. that. I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Then uh, also, and um, this shows how SRE is supporting also um, um, all the all kind of of initiatives you are driving, uh, for example, um, we have pride flags at our locations on a regular basis. Um, I don't know if you have seen this. I uh, have seen that yeah. and I,
0: I like them and I liked as well the purple lights. Is, during yeah, the,
1: yeah. The, uh, for several years the now December we, are, we are having that and also now this was a new one this year or last November was it, I guess, uh, the Orange Day. The Orange Day, also Orange the World, um, the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. And uh, I would say also this visible signs uh, show that uh, SRE is supporting and believing that uh, belonging transforms.
0: Thank you for that. Now tell me about your team and how are you supporting them to have this feeling of... Belonging. Anything that you want to mention in particular from? Yeah.
1: For example, on a very regular basis, I'm having coffee mugs uh, with everyone. Um, I am personally um, welcoming the newbies on a regular basis, and after they are in in our in our organization, then I meet with them and it doesn't matter what level or whatever or where they sit what they do with all of them i have a regular round how do you feel do we meet your expectations do we, do we fulfill your expectations? Is the job that one, what we um, promised, for example, in the sense of, of responsibility and, and task basket, and, 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 for example. And then um, what is also important, we hired roughly 150 people in the past one and a half years. And uh, I can tell you 50% is female. Oh, great. Is I was female.
0: going to ask, how do you feel yeah. about the current status? I know. Yeah that you have a lot of uh, female contributors, especially in the support functions. And it is
1: challenging because um, we are in the real estate industry, so this is a lot about uh, technology. It is about HVAC and systems, for example. It is about decarbonization topics. So it's always physical physical measures is the topic, and uh, it is hard to find female people also civil engineers and qualifications like that, but we are heavily pushing it. And what we're doing as well is um, that we try to mix people in the organization from each and every culture. So cross-cultural thinking, um, gender um, is important, things like that, and an intensive contact to everyone and eliminating also level thinking. Uh, so the, the interaction is completely levelless. This is what we do.
0: So what I understand from you is you are on a journey. Yes, it is challenging, I think, not only for you, but for all of us. It is. You are a sensible leader of the situation. Uh, Can you mention any specific goals that you have, your ambitions, mm-hmm. maybe, on, on this regard? And I am not talking only about gender, but in general.
1: Yeah. So we are currently working on on, on two topics and this is uh, to get this topic established more and more also internationally in our company. Which means in our case we are having an inclusion guideline, but um, we want to internationalize the guideline now and uh, this is what we are working on uh, together with the P&O. A department conducting a survey. Um, I come to that in a second, what the survey is all about. But uh, let me first uh, explain what this inclusion guideline mm-hmm. will, will look like. Oh, um, that's, and that's nice
0: because I always say we were not teach to be inclusive as leaders. I think no one no one has yeah. a training or something available in exact- class in the yeah. university. Exactly. So that's important. And, and, that you and
1: we are still, I would say, we are still too uptight uh, when it comes to this topic. And it has to be natural. And we can also only be satisfied if this topic is not a topic anymore. So long we have to talk mm-hmm. about this topic, mm-hmm. we have a topic.
0: Yeah, we have a
1: challenge, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, um... We are, we are now aiming for, for uh, this international guideline. It is going to be launched probably in, in springtime now, April, May or so. And there are seven principles um, of, of inclusive universal design we would like to to be covered and this is these guidelines are developed by a uh, US um, university it's the North Carolina State University this is our basis now uh, to act and let me explain the seven um, the seven principles first of all is equitable use which means that a design has to be useful for people with varying abilities. First one. Second, flexibility in use, which means that um, everyone according to ability and preferences is, is capable to use. Third one is simple, intuitive use. So a design, that's easy, that's a design that is easy to understand, no, no matter how much knowledge you have, mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. uh, how much experience, concentration levels or language skills user have. So it has to be usable for, for everyone. Then um, the next principle is perceptible information. So a design has to communicate clearly and effectively to users no matter if the user has sensory abilities, for example, or the environment conditions are are difficult. Um, Then, um, a building um, needs to be designed based on tolerance for error, um, which means uh, that this kind of design uh, minimizes the risks and uh, potential hazards of accidental issues. And then, low physical effort is the next principle. um, Design that doesn't cause fatigue or discomfort, And uh, last one, size and space um, for approach and use. So it means that the design has to be usable no matter the body size, no matter the mobility or posture of the user. So these are the seven principles, and this will be covered by our new guideline to come. In order to prepare it in the right way, we are conducting a survey which will be going out uh, pretty soon. And we're asking our employees in our company, which country do you work in? How would you evaluate your work environment design? This is something we would like to know in terms of inclusion and uh, diversity. What makes you feel safe, unsafe at the workplace? Which spaces or built environment components at your workplace do reinforce harm your belonging, feeling? and what built environment oriented solutions would you suggest making your work environment more inclusive and diversity responsive and then uh, maybe some additional comments or questions um, from the participants so and this will all go into the guideline and I would say this is really a major step uh, uh, forward maybe what we are also doing, maybe you have heard about it, the inclusive report of SRE Mm Uh, We are are conducting this report uh, every year at the moment based on the German footprint, which means there are more than 200 locations involved. We do have a certain catalogue, certain requirements that need to be fulfilled, and we are assessing it every year. Where do we stand? And I can tell you the fulfillment rate is green everywhere. There's still something to do in some locations, so but this is they are all green and they are discussed on a regular basis with the respective representatives uh, in our company. So this is also um, heavily received and I don't need to mention also the millions we have invested in the past year. And in general I have to say um, also in our new projects like the campus in Erlangen or Berlin or take the move in Frankfurt that we are normally and this is a general rule over fulfilling the official requirements we are given by law. So I don't feel bad. Is it good enough? (laughs) Um, um, You always can be better, of course.
0: (laughs) So let me tell you I am actually impressed. I didn't know about the many Uh, cornerstones from the SRE in regards to D-E-N-I. Let me try to summarize what I learned today Mm. for our listeners. We started by you as a leader. I asked whether this is important for you, yes or not, and uh, the answer very clear was it is important for me, and I have learned in my life that diversity is important and that inclusion can only bring us benefits and the benefit is very clear when you, with your family we mm. talk we talked about the, uh, in the beginning about uh, what a gift is for the kids to be raised with two languages for instance and because that gives them the opportunity to understand different cultures so from your leader perspective uh, definitely important for you. Second, I ask you whether in your business, in the uh, SRE business, is uh, important. And, and after you explaining us what is the SRE business about, mm. you also told us that uh, we are not going to be competitive if we are not able to have facilities mm. that include uh, everyone, And that makes people feel safe and comfortable and happy in the facilities that we are offering. So we we, we, we cannot stay in business if we don't offer that. Mm -hmm. Then I ask you, what is it that you are doing in order for your team to feel and to have this sense of belonging? You told me a lot it's been done, especially I am impressed by you talking with your team directly. I think... Also convince us a leader that's the only way to get input and to get feedback from our teams so that we can act accordingly. We talk about gender. Hmm. Uh, Yes, we do have a challenge, uh, especially not in the support functions. And I know that from your numbers, you are doing well on that one, but not in the business. I think we are all struggling and that's the reason we put in place our gender Uh, program so that we can improve the status that we have in Siemens. And then uh, additional topics that I was happy to hear was the fact that you are sensible about the challenges that we have or that our trans colleagues have, have, especially in regards to washrooms and uh, restroom facilities. And uh, you told me you are. Doing something on that which makes have, me very yeah have taken very, it up yeah, yeah. makes me very very happy. Uh, I think this contribution of your inclusion guideline uh, that's also I would say very innovative. I didn't hear about something like this in my in the past and uh, and now in my and it,
1: I can tell you this is this is driven by our employees. This was not my initiative. It is driven by our people.
0: So say thank you yeah? to, to your yeah. team and, and on that regard. And last but not least, I want to thank you because every time you show with your uh, flags or with your lights that, that we at Siemens, that we are inclusive and that we want to include everyone and that we want everyone to feel and to have a sense of belonging. Well, You make me feel very proud, and I am not only talking in my responsibility of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I am talking about me as an employee of Siemens. Uh, I am very proud that I can show the others how open are we, and that we have no problem by showing that. So thank you for doing all that effort. It looks beautiful, by the way, especially the purple. So thank you for that. Thank you
1: very much. Thank you.
0: And then I am afraid uh, this conversation is very interesting, but we are running out of time. So, do you want to make some closing statements, salt, or add something to what you just said?
1: You, you summarized it up in a, in a very nice way. Thanks a lot for the um, for the nice words and for the for the compliments. And what I can uh, really say. Um, SRE is completely um, standing behind uh, this kind of of attitude and initiatives and fully supportive. And uh, I do hope when we meet again pretty soon that you can see the progress also with regard to the mentioned washroom situation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I would be delighted to hear that. So thank you very much and thank you to all our listeners. Thanks for paying attention today. I think it was a very interesting podcast today. So thank you.
1: Thank you.